Good morning. I greet you all this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we come for worship on this calm before yet another storm by the sounds of it, although not quite as bad as the one we had the other day. Welcome to spring. <laughs> Isn't it lovely? Uh, it's good to see you all here today, and we're just going to go over a couple quick announcements before we begin as usual. Uh, upcoming services, uh, next Sunday will be our Palm Sunday service, but we'll also have coffee hour at 10.15, so if you'd like to come early, have a bit of fellowship, uh, come for 10.15 next Sunday, or later, it's okay, um, but coffee and tea will be ready at 10.15 next week. Uh, April 7th, Friday, April 7th is a Good Friday service, and that will be at 2 p.m., on Good Friday. And then we'll be on Easter morning with our 11 a.m. service with communion. So that's the next two weeks. Our prayer meetings continue tonight at 7 p.m. And everyone is, of course, welcome as we come and we offer our prayers to the Lord uh, for many, many things. So join us uh, tonight if you're able. Uh, people have been asking about supporting the food bank. And yes, we do want to do that. Uh, we've been collecting food uh, for families through... Uh, the school system, but we're also want to just remember we've we've kind of forgotten it I guess a bit over the pandemic that we do have a food bank Sunday, and so we typically have it the first Sunday of the month. And just a reminder that the City Mines Food Bank prefers cash donations, or, or uh, because uh, their buying power is much stronger that way, and they're able to get what they need. So next Sunday, um, we'll we'll do. Uh, you you can add, your food, add to the food bank to your offering if you wish. Just mark it on your envelope or put it in separately, and we will collect for the food bank. But we also remind you that we can collect for the school as well, and we'll, we'll recognize that next week as well, recognize both. I think that's all that I have for announcements today. Anything else to share today? Let's just take a moment then to quiet our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And as we walk with him to the cross of Good Friday, we recognize that the light of the world will be extinguished. It will be extinguished for our benefit, so that we may know God and may know the depth of God's love for us. And so when we walk with Jesus through this season, we walk with him intently, reflecting on the power of his life as we walk with him to the cross of our salvation. Let us join together in our opening prayer. Lord, as we walk with Jesus in this season of Lent, with him to his death on the cross, we walk in humility. We walk reflecting on what his death means to us. Help us, O oh God, to see the power of his sacrifice in our lives as we learn of your great love for us. Be with us in our worship today as we learn of your love shown through Jesus Christ, the one who is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. A response to Psalm uh, this morning, the Psalm 98. <laughs>
Sing to God a new song. Your right hand and your holy arm have brought victory. You have made known your salvation and revealed before the nations your saving power. You have remembered your steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. joyous praise. Sing psalms. Sing psalms to God with the harp. With the harp and melodious voice. With trumpets and the sound of your horn. May make a joyful noise before our sovereign God. All the ends of the earth have seen the saving power of God. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. The world and its inhabitants. Let the rivers clap their hands. The hills sing together for joy before God. You come to judge the earth, O God. To judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Him is, O oh Jesus, I have promised. <laughs>
seated. As we continue this walk with Jesus, we recognize the power that he has in our lives to heal us and to set us free from the burdens we carry. And so as we walk with him, we lay before him the struggles, the sins that we carry. Let us join together in our prayer of confession. Father, often I find myself struggling to follow in your way. It is the sin in my life which keeps me from your path. Lord, I invite you today to heal me of my sin and lead me in your way. Again and again in scripture we see Jesus offering healing and hope and love to people who need it. To the people who come to him and genuinely seek him. So we come before Jesus today and we lay down our we have laid down our struggles and he has looked at us and loved us and cleansed us. Thanks be to God. Amen. assigned scripture reader is not here this morning. Is anybody reading scripture today? Take that to be a no. So our reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 25 starting at verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. The king will say to those, to those at his right hand, Come, you, are the, you that are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, and gave you food, or thirsty, and gave you something to drink? And when was it we saw you a stranger, and welcomed you, or naked, and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you. And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. 
I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and did not visit me. They will all, they, then they will also answer, Lord, when was it we saw you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The word of the Lord.
Let us pray. Lord, we come. We come before you, humbling ourselves. We come before you, seeking life through you. And we come down to the river to pray, just seeking to be one with you. So Lord, as we gather around your word today, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Sometimes I have a little trouble focusing. And when I'm tired, it gets far worse. For instance, sometimes sermons come easily. They seem to get in a good flow and things just happen. There are other weeks where I get distracted by all kinds of things. And it takes me forever. Bev figures there's a pretty good chance I have ADHD, and she's probably right. But it's not just sermon writing. It's a lot of things. Over the course of a day, I get distracted by many, many things, and I lose focus. I'll maybe get up in the morning, and I'll start working on something after breakfast, and then an email will come in, or a phone call, or a message, and I'm off for a while, working on something else. Or I'll see something on Facebook, and I'll get distracted that way. And then I get hungry, and I'll go for a snack, and I usually talk with Bev in the kitchen, and then I go back, and I'm working on something else, probably related to what we were saying. And sometime later in the day, I'll remember what it was I was doing first thing in the morning. What I thought I would get done that day. And if there's time, I'll get a little bit of work done, more done, a little bit more work done on it before I call it a day. Like I said, there's a pretty good chance I have ADHD. What I've learned over the years is to try to put as much on my phone, my calendar as I can to keep me on track of what I need to be doing. I'll read emails and then leave them unread so they stay at the top of my inbox so I know that they keep popping up and I need to remember to do it. Or I'll have a whole bunch of internet browser tabs open. And if I see them, I'll remember what it was I was, had them open for and work on them most of the time. Understanding I most likely have ADHD helps explain a lot of things. And as I look back over my life, where I succeeded, where I fell short, it makes sense. With my lack of focus, I've tried a variety of tools over the years to help me keep on track. Some have worked. Some have not. Some worked for a while. In some ways, it's kind of about discipline, about strategies, about finding ways to cope. It also explains why I've had what I feel to be pretty good ideas over the years, but I just never get them off the ground. Some of them, some of them are business ideas, some of them are outreach ideas, some of them are community-oriented ideas, church ideas, and they just don't get off the ground because I can't keep focus on them, and the reasons vary. Sometimes I'll actually start working on them, but then I get distracted or bored and move on to something else. Then days or weeks or even months later, I'll find a file on my computer, I'll find a scrap of paper where I had notes and remember, oh yeah, oh well. It's not that I don't want these things to happen, it's that my brain works against me in getting some things accomplished. For example, I started writing this sermon earlier in the week. And I thought that talking about the way my brain works would be a good tie into the scripture. So I started writing. 
But then I forgot what the connection was supposed to be. I didn't write it down. I didn't jot it anywhere. So what did I do? I put it away for a bit. I went to a couple of meetings. I just let it sit. Kind of trusting that it would come back. I just needed to step away for a while to help regain focus as I did a couple other things. Eventually an idea came back to me. And I, don't have no, I have no idea if it was the original idea or not. But an idea did come back to help make the connection. When I'm locked in and I'm focused, a lot of good things can happen. But when that focus wanders, I find myself a bit lost, unsure of what I'm supposed to be doing. The trick is just trying to maintain that focus. And that's where dis discipline and coping strategies come into play. Focus. I think that's where I was going in the first place. Focus is what we need to do, need to have for the important things in life. To set goals, to set checkpoints along the way, to set reminders. It's focus. You'll notice that today we didn't use a, a proper parable from Jesus in our reading. Jesus has been using a lot of parables throughout the Gospel of Matthew in the last few chapters. And our focus on Lent, uh, throughout Lent has been on the parables that Jesus tells as he's heading to his death on the cross. These parables have helped us narrow our focus on what Jesus has to say about the kingdom of heaven and how we can join him there. And today we kind of reach the end of the story arc in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus has been taking us on this journey and he pulls it all together one last time before the gospel shifts its own focus to focus in on the last hours of Jesus. And just before what I read there from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 25, he tells us one last parable before we get there. And it's a, it's a parable about a master who's going on a journey, so gives his wealth to three of his servants to take care of while he's gone. The three servants treat uh, the wealth differently. Two of them invest it and, and make more money for the master and when they give it back to him. And they're rewarded. The third servant, he wants nothing to do with it, so he hides the money. And when the master comes home, just simply gives him back what he gave him in the first place. And the servant is punished for this. In essence, what we learn from this parable is that God has given us gifts, he's given us skills and abilities, and he expects us to make good use of these to grow his influence, to, to bring more people into his family, to do nothing, to, to hide the gifts that God gives us is offensive to God. Which leads us into what we read today. After chapters of telling us parables about the importance of following him, about the importance of embracing God in our lives, Jesus lays it simply down for everyone to hear. One day, he says he will return. And on that day, he will split everyone into two groups, the righteous and the unrighteous. To one group, he'll say, come on in. Come with me. To the other group, he'll say, go away. To the group he invites in, he, he, he expands. He says, come, you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the cre creation of the world. For I was hungry, and he gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and he gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. 
And then the righteous will say, we did? When did we do that? And Jesus says, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. This is important. Who are the least of these? They're the poor, the hungry, the cold, the sick, the stranger, the weak, the lost. They are the people we tend to want to avoid because they're hard to deal with. But they are the ones Jesus came for most. We see it everywhere he goes. He healed them, he fed them, he taught them, he loved them. And in the end, he will die for them. To that other group, the unrighteous, he says, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Why? Because they chose not to care for the poor, the sick, the cold, the hungry. They chose to ignore them and ignore their needs. I have to admit, I'm a little bit upset with our CBRM Municipal Council these days. A couple of weeks ago, they had the opportunity to choose a plan, a plan that, was going to re that could receive $5 million from the federal government to build affordable housing for people with, ad with addictions, people who live in poverty, people who are homeless. And they voted it down. They chose not to send any of them initially. Now, public backlash, they've chosen to send them all and let the government choose. Our own councillor for District 1 voted against it. And on the radio the next day, he defended himself by saying he couldn't allow the building to be built in the neighbourhood it was proposed because it would bring issues and problems to the neighbourhood. Because addicts bring problems. Just a couple of days later, though, he was at a federal announcement here in Sydney Mines to announce affordable housing for within the province, including seniors' apartments on Pitt Street, and he made sure he was in lots of pictures, so I saw. Now, I'm not saying seniors do not uh, deserve affordable housing. They most certainly do. But here's what the optics are from what I can see. It's okay to give housing to seniors from taxpayers' money, but it's not okay to do the same for the homeless or for people who live in poverty or people who are, have addiction issues or mental health issues. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying he did this intentionally, but this is an indication of how broken our government systems and processes are. And because of this brokenness, poor people, people who live in poverty, people who are homeless, people with addictions and mental health issues, they're left alone to die. Because that's what will happen. We don't have enough time, is what the government said when they first voted it down. They had four months. They had four months where they could review the proposals, ask questions, and vote on them. Four months. Yet they agreed to take on the Ameris Center in North Sydney in one meeting in one afternoon because it was the right thing to do. Again, recreational facilities are important. But so is affordable housing for all citizens. All citizens. Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. 
For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me, Jesus says. We need focus. We need goals. We need leadership. We need to be willing to do what is best for everyone. Not just the important people. Not just for voters. Not just for wealthy taxpayers. The world is living with ADHD, in my opinion. It jumps from place to place, idea to idea, fad to fad. And things are forgotten. They're left behind. People are left behind. And they are suffering because of it. Our local government is, is a great example of this. I've been here for 14 years and I've seen broken promise after broken promise after broken promise simply because they talk about it once then never bring it up again. So what is our focus? Who is our leader? Jesus makes it clear about what he expects. He expects the righteous, those who want to be with him in God's kingdom, he expects them to take care of others just as he has been taking care of them. If you choose not to, Jesus tells us the consequences, well, they're bleak. Over the last number of weeks, we've been looking at some pretty important stories Jesus has been telling. Stories which tell us about the kingdom of God and how we fit into it. We looked at workers in the vineyard. People who worked only one hour made the same daily wage as those who worked all day. God treats us all equally, no matter when we come to know him in our lives. We looked at the king's wedding banquet for his son. The rich people who were invited first chose not to come. So everyone else got invited. The invitation to this extravagant party was ultimately for everyone, even the commoners in the streets. Yet even then, not everyone chose to come. And some were even punished for it. Last week, we looked at the ten virgins who were waiting with their lamps to meet the bridegroom in hopes that they would be chosen to be his wife. Five of the ladies were prepared in case he came late. They had extra oil for the lamps. The other five, they were left out in the dark. We need to be ready. We need to be prepared. And today we read of the final judgment, the day when Jesus returns and our lives will be reviewed. Not by how much we give, not by how many committees we sit on, but how we serve and who we serve. So what have we been learning throughout Lent? We learned we can come to Jesus at any time and let him be Lord of our lives. It doesn't matter if we've gone to church our entire lives or if we've just recently come to know him. Either way, God treats us the same equally. We learned that everyone is invited to God's kingdom the invitation is sent out to everyone, but not everyone accepts it. And although only those who are fully ready to accept it are the ones who get to stay, to be part of it. We learned to be ready for anything, anytime. No one knows the day when Jesus will return. So be prepared, always. If he, if he comes and our hearts are not ready for him, then we will be left behind. And today we learned that we take this faith, 
We take all that we have learned from Jesus, who is our Lord, who is our Savior, and we apply it to how we live. We learned that it is, that it is as much about how we serve others in need as it is about our own faith. Faith and service go hand in hand. And through our faith, we serve others, just as Jesus shows us how to serve. I said a few weeks ago, faith is not rocket science, and it definitely is not. Having faith is simply putting your trust in Jesus and letting him be your guide. It's simply loving God and loving your neighbor. And as we walk these last few weeks with Jesus to the cross of his crucifixion, the cross of his death, we recognize that he, he bore this cross. And he bore this cross because he was willing to stand against the powers and rulers who sought to keep people living in poverty. This is the cross where he gave his life for our own. This is the cross that we deserve for our rebellion against God. We deserve it because of our sin, yet Jesus bore it all for us, for you. He did it so that you know God loves you. He did it so that you would share this love with others who need to hear his good news. This is what it means to follow Jesus. Love him, love others. Serve God, serve others. Make the world a better place for everyone. It's not rocket science. It's simple. It's love. Let Jesus be our focus. Let him keep us on our track. Let him guide us to make this world a better place for everyone, especially those most in need. May we serve our God most high with love, devotion, and with all we have to love him and love our neighbor. Amen. Let us sing together if you will trust in God to guide you.
Let us join our hearts in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we gather today just seeking, just seeking, seeking focus, seeking meaning, seeking life. And so, Lord, we just ask you today to, to speak these things into us, into our hearts, that we may know life. We know me, we may know meaning, we may have focus on all that it is you would have us do to love and serve our neighbors as we love and serve you. Lord, be with us, we ask. And Lord, we ask you to be with those we pray for today, as we pray for our governments, as we pray for those who are elected into leadership. Lord, give them wisdom. Give them focus. Give them courage to do the things that needs to be done for those who are in need most of all. Lord, we pray for governments around this world as we continue to see places of war, places of struggle, places of famine, places of corruption. Lord, we pray for all these places that you would bring leadership, you would bring healing, you would bring hope to each and every one of these places. Lord, we pray for our schools. We pray for our children. Lord, just watch over them and protect them. Especially when we hear of such tragedies as stabbings within our own province and schools. So, Lord, we pray to protect our children. Lord, we pray for those who are hungry. For those who heard from the government this past few weeks that they do not mean anything to them. Lord, but they mean so much to you. And so we pray for those who live in poverty. We pray with those who suffer under the, the, the weight of addiction and the weight of mental illness. Lord, these are human beings who deserve respect and care. And so, Lord, we pray for them today. We pray for, our, for the environment, O oh God, that you bring healing to this land and that you would bring guidance to, to leaders of governments and businesses as to how they can protect this one and only creation that you have given to us. Lord, we pray for those who are sick. We pray for those who still are suffering and even dying because of COVID. Even here in our province. Lord, we pray for their healing. And we pray that we just continue to care for and respect each other. Lord, we lift you now in the prayers of our own hearts this day.
Lord God, we pour our hearts out to you in prayer. For we know that you hear us. We know that you will answer us. Lord, you are the Lord of all. And we humbly submit our prayers and ourselves to you. Lord, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. As we respond to what God has done in our lives, we return to God that which ultimately belongs to him. Our offering will now be received. Let us pray. Lord of love and peace, we commit ourselves to you with all our hearts and all we have. Take our offering this day and use it to fulfill your will. We pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The closing hymn today is, O Love, How Deep.
My friends, we walk with Jesus every single day of our lives if we are open to him. So let us be open to him so that we may be called the righteous children of God and join him in the reward that he has prepared for us. Let us go in loving service of our God and of our neighbor, now and forever. And may God be with us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, every single step of the way. Amen. Thank you.